0: That you're you're a professional and you have the Skype recording going.
1: Yeah, it's just a safety in case you accidentally case, stop
0: recording. In case one of your friends uses a Windows machine and has a crash. <laughs> stop! Like, Not crash. It just stopped recording. Yeah,
1: it's like Andrew with his oh well, I can record on an iPad and it's like well yeah you can but
0: <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. It's a thing. Yeah. And welcome to another rousing round of technological... Technological Te- technological is a better word, and I'm going to argue for that and to be placed into the English language vernacular. Ian's here with me, but not Andrew. You can tell because Andrew's not doing the intro that he always does. Uh, technological. There it is. So, talking about technological things today, Chase and Ian will... Move past my blunders and get right to the heart of the topic. So, Chase, <laughs> um, I I hear you're you're
1: a fan of this uh, smart sock. Yep. for yep. for
0: your newest edition, we are, we are, we are. Uh, we have become we have become fans of the Owlet. So. Um, in a world where it seems like anybody has an offering to sort of have this like health incentive placed on them with some type of device, it now extends to your children and your babies. So, uh, <laughs> if you have a young one, the outlet and you and you found a competitor, right? Like you saw, there was something else that did something similar.
1: Yeah, we we actually found a couple of competitors as we looked at them for for our soon to be child, and we we opted for the outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were a couple of the ones. There was one that clipped on instead of being a sock it actually clipped on like a onesie
0: oh okay
1: there was one that went around their ankle but it was more like a athletic wrap looking thing which is a little different um but they all offer the same couple features which is basically making sure that the heart rate is in an acceptable range Mm -hmm. and is it temperature and breathing
0: yep uh it's o2 right so you can see if they're breathing right yeah exactly um. Yeah, and I don't. So I guess I don't know what the other ones are. I was trying to like M- memo. Is that one? Uh, I'll find it for you. Uh, anyway, sure. yeah. So, there, but there's other things. But the outlet is the one that we went with. Sarah found the outlet. Um before Aubrey was born or right after she was born, and then they went through like they had a bunch of problems with their manufacturing and then they scrapped their design and like rebuilt it. And so then people were like people who had, you know, had backed it because it was they ran an independent backer system, which is dangerous in and of itself. I would you know, if you're not backing through a platform like Kickstarter, even that's dangerous. But we did and we got on the waiting list and blah blah blah. But we got ours and with our second child, so when Ben was born, we put the outlet on and we thought we're like this is it this is what you've been waiting for right because you pay for peace of mind and that's what you know you really that's what you want um, otherwise if you are like us you're checking your child every like you know ten fifteen minutes initially right when you bring them home and then it, I mean it and it slows down but you're still like actively checking them so the outlet um, we thought this is great this is going to solve our like problems and that way we don't have to worry about them you know dying in their sleep because that's a real thing and Sids is like. Extremely sad, and I, you, you know, if you can do anything to prevent that, parents would do that. So pay a few hundred dollars for peace of mind. It's not nearly as big a sacrifice. Um, anyway, so we got the outlet, put it on Bennett after he was born, and it turned out that we think that it was a little big because there's only three sizes for it, and it, like you said, Ian, it's a sock that goes on their foot. Right. Um, and it, oh, what it has sock. is, a, yeah, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's a little, it's a little piece of cloth with a, with a, with a light and a camera sensor in it, and that's, and so what it's doing is it's taking. It's flashing light in your child's skin, and then it's measuring the difference in skin color to infer blood flow, which you can get heart rate from, and that process is called photoplasmogram. That's the same process that you would um, that you know every other piece of technology that gives you a heart rate uses, just like the Apple watch or the Microsoft Band or the Fitbit you know charge or whatever it's called surge or whatever. Um, which everyone gives you heart rate, so they all use the same thing. So this is it does the same thing, but we we think that uh, the sock was a little bit too big for Bennett as an as he was a, you know a brand new baby, and so because it wasn't tight against his skin and didn't have a like the you know it wasn't just it wasn't quite right it wasn't like a snug fit, uh, it wasn't returning value. So it w- it was it showed his heart rate and it showed his O2 stat because those are the two things it's measuring by color. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was it was because it was a little loose. We think that. Um, it was getting false O2 readings. So his heart it was okay, but the O2 would dip down into like the 80s and like even like high 70s. And that's super alarming because that means either not breathing or they're not getting enough, like, you know, the red red blood cells are not doing their job and replacing everything, right? Like taking out the carbon dioxide and putting oxygenated cells and all that stuff. So you don't want your kid to turn blue and not have like good, you know, have oxygen in their body. But we like watched him as it went and like the alarm would go off and he was just fine. And like he was... Anyway, he was fine, you did not have a low two step
1: but but in that that type of situation, you would much rather have it
0: be false positive a false positive <laughs> yeah than um yeah false negative false negative yeah 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 it'd be yeah false that's scary right to think that that could be a thing right um yeah, so yes, it is the preferable of the scenarios in which it goes wrong but then the the side effect was it was uh it was more stress inducing For Sarah and I, because every time it goes off, you're like, oh, is he okay? Is he all right? Check him. And he's fine. And so after like the third time it went off, we're like, okay, we're going to take the outlet off now. And just went back to like the traditional baby monitor for sound. Um, But then it meant that we couldn't have him sleep on his own as much just for our our peace of mind. So he was staying in his little like uh, bassinet thing right next to the bed. And, you know, we're still checking him more often. And we're blessed. Like he's – we're super lucky. He's – a great sleeper. I'm not going to complain at all. Like relative. So we, I, we have an older, our daughter is, you know, she's three. And when she was newborn, she was up like every hour for months. So she had a few like good sleep. She'd slept well and then got to where she was waking up all the time. So he's much better than her as far as like sleeping in chunks. But anyway, you, so you get to the point, like we're like, okay, this is more, it's causing more problems than it is benefits. So we take it off. And then we just recently put it back on him again as we transitioned him out of our room into his own room to sleep like in, in his crib. And, um, or wherever else he's falling asleep, and it seems like acceptable. Right, like we've got little rockers or whatever. And um, so I put it back on him. His foot's a little bigger now. It works. So now I've been using that every night, and we can sleep. Like, and and Sarah like wants to check. She can open her phone, grab it, and she opens the Outlet app, and it tells what his heart rate and his O2 stat is. And that's been way better. So even if he can't get the stat because he's moving, it says like whatever your child's name is. So ours just says Bennett is wiggling. That means you know he's moving, right, as opposed to you know sure. not breathing. So. Yes, Owlet has been Outlet has been great after it worked correctly, and I think we think it was just an artifact of a good connection, sure
1: and so the uh when we looked at, at different ones, a couple of them that I'd come up with were the Owlet, uh, one called the snooza, mm. which uh, clips on to like a onesie um, like right at their collar, so it's closer to their heart, so it's supposed to be more accurate. The problem is that every like obviously the babies are supposed to wear fairly tight clothing anyway, yeah um, for warmth or whatever but it was supposed to be uh, more accurate if it was tight against their skin. The problem is if they shift around or move and it comes a little bit loose, it, it concerned me that it would send false positives, and I think it actually would become a bigger issue further on down the road as they start to get a little bigger and their clothes don't fit perfectly. This is a newborn everything, I assume, is pretty tight. Right, yep. Um, so so there, there was that, and then also you know, let's say they're just wrapped up in a blanket instead of clipped on their
0: yep. their onesie yep. or
1: whatever. That that was concerning to me also. So I was like, I like the idea of this outlet. We slip it on their foot, it's there, it's done. Yep. And realistically they could wear it like all the time, right?
0: Yeah. Um yeah, you wouldn't need it when they're awake obviously, but yeah, you they could just wear it all the time. So like ours ours is when Bennett wakes up in the morning, I take it off and plug it back into charge. And it's lasted for like two days off charge, so I've like not plugged it in, and you can't turn it off. Whenever it's unplugged, it's looking for signal. So two days is just what it's going to last, no matter what. So um, so it worked for two nights, and then it died, so I had to plug it back in. But um, it, I mean, it works good. That's the system. So you wake up, plug it back in, and you try to, and it charges on its base station. Just uses micro USB plugins, which I'm sure most of them do. But sure. the the system is it's a it's a a wireless monitor that goes on the foot that relays the, what I assume is happening is it's, re, it's relaying the sensor data to the base station, which you have to be pretty close to the base station is what it's like a, a light, or you can turn it down. So it's very, very faint, but the color of the base station tells you what it's doing. So if it's green. It's monitoring. If it's blue, it's charging. If it's white, it's just idle. And, um, let's say when the alarm goes off, then it turns to red and like a lullaby starts playing very loudly. And the point of that was because it always has to be close to the baby. It would startle the baby if that was like, and get them to wake up but it's and it would alert you. sound. No, it's like, like, it sounds pretty much like that. And, um, it's very pleasant. And what a, what a way to tear, to make a nice lullaby, have a terrible association. <laughs> now when I hear them like, Oh God. Um,
1: uh, but
0: both your phones also get push notifications. i right, they going to ask. Them. So, so the big thing with these is they
1: connect to your phone. Yep. Which I, I, I know for you as a, um data obsessive we'll say <laughs>
0: it, it gives you some almost like analytics about your kid or some i i'm bummed that there's no way to output the data yeah i would wish it gave me a, a, a way to like export into a to a csv or i could access like all the data that's being logged i would guess they're logging the data like if i was outlet i would be logging all this data and then you'd have Man, I can just think about the like the wealth of knowledge you could get training off baby data. But um, I just, so I don't know what they're doing with it. Hopefully they're not wasting it. Um, I know initially, actually, I had emailed them years ago and say, "Hey, I'm a researcher and I do sensor data or I do sensor studies. Can I get the data from the outlet?" And they said yes. I never really followed up on it though because then they canceled or you know, sorry, canceled but postponed. Sure. Um, so I should probably follow up with that again. But as far as I know, you can't get the data, which I would I would love to
1: have. And that. within your own account, th- is there a way to go back and view? the collected data
0: or is it more of like Bennett is okay or Bennett's heart rate is low? No, it's, there's no way to view it. It's just, you just see what it is in real time and that's it. So there's, yeah. there's no like historical, like, Oh, his heart dipped here Uh-oh. a little bit. No, I wish that would be, that would be really good. Right? Yeah. Sure. Anyway, uh-huh. so so it, it's a good peace of mind. That's right. overall what it is. Uh,
1: in the realm of collecting information based on, uh, baby statistics or any really person yeah. statistics. Um, a, a couple different thermometers have crossed my my path. One is the Kinza Smart Thermometer, which they have an app, and we actually received one for, um, from one of our baby showers. And it plugs into the headphone port of your iPhone or Android phone, and so the thermometer actually relays information back into its app through the, yep. the headphone port, but it right. will record uh, thermometer data. Uh, temperature, whatever, and uh, then log all of that. But I haven't looked to see if it gives you an option to export. Um, but I, I also have, in theory, in the mail, um, what they're calling the Flow FLO thermometer, which just wrapped their Kickstarter campaign. And it uses the same kind of technology as the Kinza, except that it is a standalone device, uses Bluetooth to send the data back to your phone, and it is um, contact-free. So instead of actually putting the thermometer under your child's tongue or arm or whatever right. to, to get a temperature on them, you just hold it in front of their face, aimed at their forehead, and click the button. And then it uses uh, whatever IR, IR technology to, to collect that. And I know one of the things they talked about was the ability to integrate with other services. And one of the things I want to say they listed was IFTTT. Mm. So I assume that means that you could take whatever readings and dump them out to uh, yeah some Docs, sheet somewhere to yeah. a, a, a sheet yeah that'll be perfect and those things now again these things are ad hoc you have to go and you have to actually physically press the button yeah. and take the temperature reading so they're not they're not always on mm-hmm. but if you could go through and say okay they had a fever and you click through it and then it's designed I know Flow is designed at least to give you historical data on it mm-hmm. so you can get a picture of your child's fever over the course of a day or two to take back to the doctor. So you can say at 10 o'clock, it was this at noon. It was this at two. It was yes. Yeah. Yes. And walk yeah. through it. And they have a, so they call it a social thermometer, but really it's a family thing. So you could post a picture and say, Oh, Joey's not feeling great tonight. Here's the picture. Yeah. Here's the temperature reading. And then the next morning check again, Oh, he's feeling much better now. <laughs> Whatever.
0: No, it's, it's, that peace of mind is worth a ton of money. I don't, I'm not, I'm still not sure why we don't have this exact, what you just described, why that's just not commonplace yet with all the activity trackers that people wear. Why, where's the simple integration to have my Fitbit, right? Or whatever on the most general level, let's say that, why wasn't there Fitbit integration with your doctor's office? Or like, can you like, I just want to give my doctor access to that. So like, um, you know, Sarah had to wear a, like a um, a, a, like a heart, whatever, like a you know, a, a over water. yeah, the, yeah, the EKG, but like the mobile EKG thing, right, for whatever period, a day or something. And I was like, why isn't this just the thing? Like, why can't I just get the heart data off of a different device? I that particular device doesn't use photoplasmogram it uses actual electrical measures to get heart data. But you could wear that, like they have electrical heart straps. Runners wear them, right? So, like, so this
1: is this is something, and I, I don't want to get too like Apple Podcast about it, no. but. At WWDC this year, Apple introduced CareKit, or is Mm -hmm. introducing CareKit, which is their integration between doctors' offices and your Mm -hmm. iPhone. Yeah, that's perfect. So, data that's collected via your Apple Watch or your phone can then be synced back to doctors who are using the CareKit platform to pull information in. So, if you go out and let's say they say, you know, for the next two weeks, we want you to to walk and we want to keep, you know, go on a mile walk every day, we want to keep track of your heart rate. Yeah. Because you've been having, uh, Heart palpitations, yep.
0: palpitations. Is that the right? Yep, yep. Um, is I would know. Up? Actually, I, I only know about technologicals or whatever.
1: Um, but they uh, they could then track that. It would collect all the the heart rate data that's collected on the watch.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
1: and submit it to the doctor, and then they can they can graph it or dump it into whatever. Uh, and even the health app on iOS is already edging towards that where it gives mm-hmm. you ideas of what your heart rate data or your health data was for a day or a week right, or right, a month, however, however you choose to view that. But the, the integration out to the doctor's office, I think is, is a huge thing that's coming.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's good. So that's encouraging. I didn't realize that that was a thing and they were promoting it so heavily because if you can get obviously someone like Apple on board with having a platform to share that data, that's right. the thing that will push it into happening. You can't have like all these separate, everything we've talked about, I'm sure they're more every one of these pieces of technology they were probably all more than happy to share their data and like set that type of thing up, but you need someone like a Google or an Apple right, right or whatever to do that
1: and, and apple 's really been pushing the envelope on a lot of this health stuff anyway mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and making kind of a forefront thing yeah you know what, can this app access your step data? We want to track your step data? can yep. we share this? can we and they added research kit a while ago so you could participate in different research things that yeah. they could now collect data off your iPhone or your Apple Watch. That's awesome. Participate yeah. in those the studies without having to bring everybody into, you know, Stanford right. or only sample out of people that live in that area. Right. Now they can sample from all around the world. Yep. Through your iPhone or that's so good.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I my mind is racing with all the research implications because recruiting and getting people for your to participate in your studies is a huge deal, and getting the correct you know sample for the, your target population is a big deal. Anyway, um, yeah, no, that's all really good. And I know that you know, like from uh, my time at Microsoft too, like they with the band, they also have their own health initiative. Um, that would be something where you would use, and I think that their app is called MS Health, and it's available on iOS and Android alone. But this is like you know that that platform i don't know i've not heard about the. it could very well have like the doctor integration being supported or whatever but that i don't know about if, it, if they do have it it's new but the idea that a company like you know of these of this scale has to sort of support it before it would get any momentum and then you get to the devices that use it right so um i, I guess so before like hi, like dive into like the mainstream devices though i want to wrap with like the kid stuff because i think there's there's other there's one more um one more sensor that I think is really important, and it's uh, it's called the Empatica Embrace. And so, my research directly uses uh, I used a sensor called the Q sensor, which measures EDA. And now I, I'm using um, using something called the Empatica E4, which also measures EDA and heart rate. So this is like I would as you run studies, I would collect your like heart rate data and your skin conductance, which you know is oversimplified is collecting like your overall arousal level like how engaged are you or how are you feeling and you know it's sort of People use as a proxy for stress, even in, in the right scenarios. Um, anyway, so like, how are you doing in real time? So the embrace, though the Empatica embrace, is like the little. It's sort of the little brother, little sister version of the e, the E4, which what I'm using. And the embrace is just an EDA sensor, and it also has it's primary. So of all the main sensors, it's an EDA sensor first. So it's getting skin conductance, but it also is. It has the basic things like an accelerometer and a gyroscope. Like that's all sort of like taken for granted these days. So you can you can collect you know. and temperature right? it's got a thermometer so you can get your skin temp you can get their orientation how much movement they have um and it records independent of a phone so you don't you know like you wouldn't be able to track gps data with it or whatever but that's the point though um the point of the embrace is that because it's an eda um sensor first and foremost you have kids um who are at risk for seizure with epilepsy wear it because it like this is not a like a well known thing because if you don't have first of all epilepsy is treated like it's a shunned thing. If you're an epileptic, you don't want to share it. Like kids who have epilepsy aren't gonna really be like, hey, guess what? I've epilepsy, and that's right. it's really sad because it's a lot more prevalent than people realize. Um, but one of the things that comes with that is if you're if you're someone who has epilepsy, um, there's a risk of you dying right. after like during or you know immediately following a seizure if you don't have intervention, and it's it's absolutely something that can be helped but if you're alone and you have and you go through a seizure and no one's there to like wake you or startle you you could die and that's really scary and and there's like the stat i don't remember what the number is but like the thing that's said during talks like when ross picard talks and she's the she's the like the read research lead researcher um a lot of, on a lot of these efforts out of mit um when she talks about it, she gives us that, that like more people die from these, um, you know, these seizure related deaths than people do of, of fires in the U S or whatever. So like, if you think of every story you've heard about a house fire, there's more people dying in their sleep from a seizure. So anyway, what the Empatica embrace says though, measuring your EDA, um, skipping all the skipping all like the sort of in-depth science part of it. What happens is before you have a grand wall seizure, they're precipitated by a surge of electrodermal activity. Um, On the right side of your body. So if you wear the embrace on your right arm, you'll see this like spike in electrodermal activity, right? So you get sweaty and that's what happens. That's how you measure it. A warning that it's about to happen. Seriously, yeah. And all it does is like, and it can vibrate and go off to like wake the person wearing it. But if that doesn't work, your app or whoever you have tied to it gets that notification. And it's as simple as like the parent, like walking in the room, like, hey, are you okay? And then it's okay. Because it precipitates it, and now they don't want to go through it, and they don't have the risk of dying. It's just it's something so simple, and it's so scary that it happens anyway. So I think the Empatica embrace for anybody who has a child that has epilepsy uh, should really consider. Anyway, so that's and that's and what uh thoughts are on are there health. There
1: more EDA sensors in other wearables. Why is why is it such a? I mean, because the Microsoft Band. Has
0: yeah, it. EDA. And yep, the band has it, and
1: this has it, but. Why not in any of your Android Wear watches or the Apple Watch, or is is it just because they're not positioned as a health device as
0: much as they are a
1: fitness device?
0: And is that the difference? Um, I don't. So I think, regardless of how you classify the device, I would I would say that EDA does fall closer to health than fitness for for one. Um, But I think more importantly than either of that, like you know, broader than device classification, is that EDA so electrical activity is relatively difficult to make meaning from on a grand scale because it is heavily influenced by so many things. It's the same thing with heart rate, except for people know that your heart rate when you're using it with physical activity has that like, oh I worked out, oh my heart rate went up and I want to see what my heart rate does. But something that you might not think about all the time is that your heart rate is actually changing because your sympathetic nervous system is fluxing around all the time and your heart rate is innervated by both sympathy, but it's by your whole nervous system. Sure. So as you get like worked up or scared or you're in Warmly sleep, and you're cold. going through REM, or any like any of these things, all of these things influence heart rate. But the thing that we think about it is with fitness and that's where people use it. So EDA is just sympathetic. So it's just your fight or flight response. And it's hard to interpret without, without controlling what you're measuring. So, um, there are some there's some uses i'm working on making something that uses it as a general use thing but you have to if when you do this it can't be the only thing so if you can tie it to heart rate and the accelerometer data and all the other things you can actually get a little bit better meaning so i think i think it's going to be uh i think it will be a sensor that will be baked into future products more as people figure out how to use it so okay yeah anyway that's that's good kid stuff (laughs) so should
1: we take a break and then discuss other health related
0: things hurrah that sounds good (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm Nigel, the Interface Intern. Just wanted to ask you, the listeners, to go to the Interface Facebook page and hit like on the page. Or share the latest episode with your friends on Facebook. Just head over to the Facebook and search Interface Podcast. Click the little mouse cursor and then like on the page or share an episode. If possible, we would also love it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes or recommend the show in Overcast. This helps people discover the show. The guys have basically made my paycheck contingent on this, so it would be super cool if you could do those two things so I can get groceries this week. Oh, and one more thing. You can always find the show notes at interface.fm. I work really hard on them. All right, so um, all that stuff that we talked about, a lot of, you know, it's centered a lot on like sort of kids' health and kids' fitness trackers or whatever, but when we started to veer into the the adult, the main activity tracking world, and that's there's a lot there's a lot going on there. Um, and I don't know, aside from Apple Watch, have you worn any other fitness trackers? Have you, have you done the Fitbit and whatever else?
1: Yeah, I've I've worn the Fitbit Flex, which is like the little chip inside the rubber band. Okay. So no no display or anything like that. No heart rate sensor. It's just the step tracker. Right. Um, I've worn uh, my Pebble which I tried different fitness apps with that. I had at one point worn a misfit shine, which oh. is it essentially just a Fitbit, it, no screen.
0: Yeah. Uh, yep. Just, just a step tracker. Uh, and then my Apple watch. Okay. Um, did you have, did any of those stick outside for fitness reasons? So like, would you keep wearing any of them for fitness reasons specifically? And not just because you like your Apple watch or something.
1: So I, when I started wearing the misfit, that was the first of all of them that I wore. Oh. And that one I wore for like eight months-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would have continued to wear that one had I not got the Pebble one I did. But the the added watch features, notifications features, and I couldn't justify wearing two. Um, right. But I really liked the the simplicity of it. And then it had the um, competitive features of it. I ended up getting mm-hmm. one for CJ also. So mm-hmm. we could compare with one another to see who got more points for the day. And so oh, the whole yeah. thing was broken down into this point scale where it was a combination of activity, intensity, or rate, oh, and yeah. the amount of it that you did. And some they did some calculation based on that. What it really came down right. to was roughly every 10 steps was a point. Okay, And, and so you'd set your goal at 800 or 1,000 for the day. And it meant somewhere around 10,000 steps. But then it also gave you a step count, which could be different. It could be lower if you were running versus a right. little higher if you were walking.
0: Right. That's interesting. So the, the actual gamification bit worked for you for a little bit. Right.
1: <laughs> I, I, really, the only reason I stopped doing it. And actually, even when I had my Pebble, mm-hmm. one of the apps on the Pebble that you could use for the tracking was the Misfit app. So I actually oh, continued sure. to use the Misfit system... Right. Just on, on that. other device. My
0: Apple Watch, that pretty much did away with wearing anything else because Apple Watch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously that, <laughs> that supersedes everything else in the terms that it offers so much more general utility, right? So it has everything else you want. Um, did you, is there like a new competitive thing that you do with the Apple Watch or that, did that fall by the wayside? Do you think – I mean, because I'm thinking about is it really worth – is the competitive thing does – does the competitive aspect of health tracking have staying power – Or is it sort of a novelty that wears off?
1: So in the upcoming watchOS 3, you can selectively share your health data with friends. Okay. And I I don't know... I I haven't done it because I don't know anybody else with watchOS 3 that's also somehow physically active with any regularity. Right. Um, But I know that they do have some features where you can now compete with each other. And I don't know, like... On Fitbit, you can, like, nudge the other person or taunt the other person or whatever they call it (laughs) in the app. Where you're like, hey, I'm beating you, I'm beating you, um, based on, like, a seven-day average. Oh, yeah. Assume the Apple Watch will have something similar where maybe you can, like, ping somebody with an emoji about their current activity level. Right. So, like, let's say you and a friend are both at the gym working out and you're ahead of them by 200 units, whatever you're competing with whether it's calories right. or minutes of exercise, or whatever you're right. ahead of them. If you had a way to be like, ha I'm, I'm winning, I'm winning. And like that whole like motivational <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. Because for me, that is, that is a big part of it. And like I guess with, with the misfit stuff, CJ and I used to look every day to see who was beating the other. And it used to be mm-hmm. like this, this game of who can, who can fill their circle first and who can get the most points for the day. Um, when it came to the Fitbit, when I had worn mm-hmm. that for a little while, Mm -hmm. I added a bunch of my coworkers um, just to see how we all compared. And there would be days where all of a sudden one of them would shoot way ahead of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then they would taunt all the rest of us. And then we would like (laughs) seek them out in person. We're like, really? Did you run a marathon this morning? Like what's going on? (laughs) But at the same time, because it was on like this seven day revolving scale. Yeah. If somebody got really far ahead of you. Yeah. it, It just felt almost... Insulting because there was very little way that I could catch up to those people. Like, yeah, if you go yeah, run yeah. a marathon, and I sat on my couch and watched Netflix all day. Like, that's a, a good, normal person. That's a good like thirty thousand steps or fifty, whatever, however many thousand many, how many, how many, how many steps ahead that you've right. become because you ran a marathon, and now for the next seven days, I'm at a however many thousand how 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 step lag.
0: Um, <laughs> the, the unfair right, the unfair so advantage. It,
1: if it was on a day to day scale, it feels much. More fair because it's like well, yesterday I lost, but today I'm gonna win.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can totally see that because then there's no incentive to keep going for the rest of that week. Yeah. Um, I guess if you get it's like, can you get your community to buy in on one of these ecosystems, right? And then if you can do that, then like this is this is still this is the same argument that I make for like Xbox versus PlayStation. I don't really care what what platform I'm on as long as it's the platform that my friends use because you like you'll figure out like. I mean, it could be that, like, it's so terrible that you have to switch, but generally speaking with this stuff, like, it doesn't really matter if you use the Fitbit or the Apple thing or whatever, right? Like, is that if everybody's doing it and you're getting some type of social enjoyment out of it, it will probably work for you. Right. And
1: I actually used a tool called Sync Solver um, after I got my Apple Watch for a little while, which it's, it's ugly. But basically what it's doing is it, it, because Apple lets you, or lets developers tie into your health data making mm-hmm. it step information. And so what it would do is it would look at your step information and mm-hmm. then it would basically CSV that into the Fitbit API. Oh, yeah, yep. But it would log everything as like a one-minute walk for <laughs> 0.1 miles. Yep, or whatever. Right. It, just to transfer the data right, over to transfer there. the data. So the, the yeah. step count was never quite the same, but I did that for a long time where I still wanted to compete with my coworkers. I was yeah. like, now that I have the Apple Watch, I'm more active, and it's motivating me. And so I Mm -hmm. want to use this and compete with you on Fitbit, but they were all on Fitbit. So then it was like, I was doing whatever I could to try to fit into their, their system. And eventually it just got to the point where it was, it was a hassle and it never quite worked right. And I got frustrated and I'd get duplicate data and then I'd get no data and all kinds of weird stuff. So I just gave up on it. Um, Yeah. That was, that was a big thing for me is I was like, I really like the competitive aspect of this. Right. I want to be where everyone else is, but I want to use the device that I want.
0: Right. Yep. 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 And that's where like having having your device be sort of platform agnostic becomes more important. But if you're, you know, if you're bought into a singular ecosystem, you'll be trapped or you will be more likely trapped without these weird workarounds. Right. And um, the
1: flip side of it is that while you can't sync your Apple Watch stuff into Fitbit, mm-hmm. you also can't sync your Fitbit stuff into the health app. Oh, yeah, that's smart. So if uh, we go back to talking about CareKit and using that as a way for you to transfer information back to your doctor, if you Mm -hmm. were a Fitbit, that's not going to be compatible with that platform. So from a platform point of view, the Apple Watch actually has that as almost like a lock-in feature. Your doctor's office wants to do this, and I imagine at some point you're going to see insurance companies offering an incentive. Discounts, sure. Hey, we want you to be healthy the doctors that you see utilize this care kit platform will give you a $50, hundred dollars, whatever towards the purchase of an Apple watch or Android watch or whatever.
0: Yep. 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 I completely agree. And I think that that's like an easy thing for them to integrate. It seems like a natural next step. Um, so, okay. But so you, you mentioned a bunch of different platforms and like, before we before we wrap I want to put in the plugin for the few that I've used because I'm not I'm not big on activity tracking but I've tried to do it a couple different times um, specifically when we go on vacation I'll make sure to wear one so when I went to Disney World I thought that was fun that was a good time to wear one and we did the there was no formal way to do it but at the end of the day we'd be like how many steps did you take right and so not, sometimes we walked about the exact same amount so it was interesting to see the bias in the data so like I we've talked about this before but we think that Fitbit overestimates your pedometer, right? Like they're making you seem like you're taking like 110% of the steps that you should be taking or whatever. Because I thought that my, I was wearing the Microsoft band and I thought that I was just, it was sensing under. But it turns out that the Fitbits are probably more have to be a little over eager on their, or over optimistic on their estimates. Um, Yeah, exactly. And so I, so I've worn the Microsoft band for a few like different occasions and over a period of time probably like three months total. So not as long. And then I've worn the pebble for maybe like six months total. The pebble, I never did any activity tracking on it because I didn't think just the accelerometer, like walking data was useful. It mostly needed a slave to your phone and have your phone do the tracking. Um, but the Microsoft band actually did use their like Microsoft health dashboard. And it would say things like, Hey, you know, people like you burn X amount of calories a day. And then it was show- then it shows you how many you've burned or whatever, right. Based on your weight and steps. Um, but other than that, like those two devices I haven't gotten too deep into the tracking. The only other thing that I've done, and it was deviceless, was the just using my phone to track runs, like with MapMyRun or whatever. And again, like you could have different devices support that platform so like GPS watches could plug that data in, your phone can obviously do it. The thing I, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but like the the Pebble core, right? That little like the snap on thing, that's the independent data and GPS receiver, so you don't have to have your phone with you. That would be a good fit for outgoing for run if you don't want your phone. Um anyway so i i don't think any of these like one devices are the are the best ever like they each have pluses and minuses the apple watch seems to be the most complete right, as far as like apps that it offers integrations that it supports um, I would agree with that i think that i think that fitbit is one of the, i don't know if fitbit is the most popular by whatever its top model is but it probably is the most popular overall if you add all of their offerings exactly. up i think as a platform fitbit probably dominates yeah, I think that's probably accurate. And then I think like the Microsoft Band, because now Microsoft Band Two is on discount because they'll be showing. I think they'll be opening up Band Three. That's my assumption, and um, that's just gotten better and better as well. So if you're looking for a platform agnostic um, alternative, that's something that should be looked at, especially if you want to use it for GPS tracking because that has its own GPS built in, so you don't have to bring your phone with you as well. Um, anyway, so there's different pluses and minuses to the devices, the same if you wanted to like go on runs and you really wanted a dedicated fitness t- device, Garmin makes a really great and makes multiple great fitness watches. Right. So anyway, I, 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 I think it's
1: polar makes some good ones too.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's the name that pops up when you see these reviews. So overall, I guess like my takeaway then is that it doesn't necessarily matter what device you use today. I'd be I'd be more interested as to what devices support the different platforms, and then if your platform has social capabilities, pick the thing that you're more apt to integrate to you know use with other people. So if you and I want to compete, I probably should get like I should use some type of Apple device so I can be on a- the Apple Health platform and we can share that data or whatever. Right.
1: Anyway. Or you get an app like SyncSolver. and yeah, exactly something that yeah could integrate with that it that allows us to compete. And I, I have yeah. friends who their way of competing is mm-hmm. they just literally take screenshots on their Apple Watch and they post them to Facebook. <laughs> like, here's the number of calories it says I burned. Here's the number of steps I took. Yeah. It was a good day. And then friends will post screenshots from their Fitbit or whatever. I'm like, oh, here's my stuff for the day. And, and oh, so yeah. it's, it's an informal, very low-tech competition. Yeah. It's just like you guys comparing yep. your your steps. Yep. Yep. Saying, how many did you take versus how many did I take? Cool, <laughs> you won.
0: Yeah, right. Although now I know they're all cheaters, and I was probably the one who's taken the most steps. So <laughs> chasing kids add steps, let's be honest.
1: <laughs> you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm/slash/19. You can uh, say hello over on Reddit at r/interface podcast. Follow us on Twitter at underscore interfacefm. uh Search us on Facebook, like the page, like our, our weekly show posts and whatever other links we've been sharing now. And as always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in, subscribing, and we'll be back next Monday and every Monday.
0: Like clockwork. Yes, my turn.
1: One of those we have a uh, a uh, instagram story
0: what's the instagram story
1: but I, like because you you've, you followed all this news right no nope. okay so you know snapchat stories
0: yep oh 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 oh, oh. yes i saw there's like a verge headline it was like instagram stories make snapchat stories look like memories look like
1: trash it's it's it, snapchat stories just on instagram instead of on snapchat Oh, okay and since we already had an instagram profile for the podcast <laughs> i've been trying to like post things to it and so like yesterday i posted while we were while i was editing oh yeah yeah um and then i just took a picture now and yeah. posted it of us nice recording i like it so
0: is it gonna, is the caption every week this is how the sausage is made and then you just put the picture up
1: i said really working ahead number 19 oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's super good.